for the Redbird Report podcast with Cards World Series champion Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN. Welcome into the Redbird Report podcast. My name is Brad Thompson. I am your host, and this is our first Redbird Report podcast of 2023. If you were with us last year, thank you very much. We had some fun bringing you Cardinal content throughout the season. Uh, we did so at home, on the road, and that's going to be the case this year. But here's something that we're going to do a little bit different this year. We're actually going to have some consistency to this podcast. We want this to be the go-to place for all of your Cardinal content. So I'm going to be coming to you at least twice a week and bringing you what is new in Cardinal baseball. And look, first podcast of 2023, where do you really start? I guess you start by looking back a little bit. Cardinals had an epic season last year. I, I get it. It didn't end the way that anybody wanted it to. It's 2-Q and Q in the postseason. The Phillies move on. Uh, they want, went on a nice run until getting beaten out by the Houston Astros. Congratulations to them, I guess. And Dusty Baker, he got his first one. You like to see that. But the regular season was such a beautiful ride for the Cardinals last year. Again, 93 wins. They win the division for the first time since 2019. We got to see the return of number five, which I don't know about you guys. I really, first of all, never expected it to happen. Never expected that we'd get the opportunity to see that guy in a Cardinal uniform again. And then even when it happened, and I'll still never forget when the news came out that Albert Pujols was coming back and then in Jupiter, Florida, during a spring training game, here he comes, walking in right field through the gate, and he gets a standing O at Roger Dean Stadium. That's like goosebumps, right? Like that guy is back. But who knew and who thought and who truly believed, other than Albert himself, that he was going to have the impact that he did throughout the year. It was truly incredible. He ended up hitting 703 home runs. He surpassed Babe freaking Ruth in RBI for second all time. I mean, just such a magical year. In the second half of the season, and many of you guys know this, and especially if you're listening to the broadcast throughout the season or you listen on 101 ESPN, there was only one player in the game of baseball that had a higher OPS than Albert Pujols did in the second half last year. That player was Aaron Judge, who signed for like a billion dollars. I mean, so much money that guy signed for. By the way, well worth it. But Albert Pujols just brought a an incredible amount of value to the Cardinals. And for me, it just brought back so many memories. I had the opportunity to play alongside Albert when he was winning MVPs in the early 2000s. And you just knew that that guy in a big spot was going to step up and do something special and it seemed like every single time he was up in the second half he was doing something special yet again so that was amazing and I don't know how you replicate something like that quite truly you don't like there are going to be other things in 2023 to look forward to we're going to get into those things uh, in this podcast in, in future podcasts you will never see anything like you saw this past year with Albert it just felt like a storybook ending and it was a beautiful way for it to happen with Albert Pools, but he wasn't the only memorable moment Yadier Molina he's going to Cooperstown as well he closed out his Cardinal career 
career, an epic career. To me, he's the best defensive catcher that I've ever seen. Certainly in the conversation of best defensive catcher ever in the history of the game. We've been so fortunate over the years to know what you had at backstop. You knew that that guy was there. He was another manager on the field, and uh, you're going to be we're going to be missing him, but we got a chance to see it at the end. And how about him and Wayno? Now Wayno is back, and we're going to get into some of the transactions that the Cardinals have made this offseason. Not as long of a list as many of us would like it to be, uh, but he and Wayno setting the all-time battery record. 328 starts together between the two of those. You want to talk about records that will never be broken? There's plenty of them in the game of baseball. There are some numbers that are just so astronomical that players won't touch. This is one, especially with the way the game is, with free agency and guys chasing the top dollar, Like this is never going to be broken. Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina will go down in history as the best duo to ever do it, or at least the duo to do it more than anybody else ever had. So just an amazing year, and that's talking about a couple of guys. We, it's like a, almost an afterthought, which it's not. It's unfair. Maybe I should have got to him first. The Cardinals had their first MVP since Albert Pujols in Paul Goldschmidt. Goldie just had a consistent monster season. Little tail off at the end. Not enough to affect his MVP status. And it was it, it's so fun to watch somebody that is locked in. I told you, you know, watching Albert Pools, and you guys know if you're listening to this, you're a Cardinal fan. You watch Albert in his heyday. Like, you just knew the pitcher's trying everything. He's making up pitches out on the mound, and he's still not able to get Albert out. Well, that was the case again this year with Paul Goldschmidt. He's been so consistent throughout his career, but this year he did it to an even higher level. And it's so cool to see that, and it's so cool to know that that Goldie, he's here for the next couple of years. Nolan Arenado, who came in third in the MVP voting, who, by the way, Nolan Arenado the year prior, he hit 35 home runs. He drove in over 100, and he was mad. Like, he was mad about the season that he had. And why was he upset? Well, he was upset because a lot of the things that he's used to doing in his career, he wasn't able to do. He, he didn't hit for average the way that he normally does. He didn't get on base at the clip that he normally does. He just wasn't happy with the consistent all-around player that he was in 2021. In 2021, Nolan Arenado he hit 255. He had an OBP of 312, uh, a slug of 494, which is, is very respectable, but still maybe not to the levels that we've seen him before. Well, 2022, again, an all-star again. He won a gold glove again, a platinum glove, his 10th consecutive gold glove over at third base and he made some insane plays this past year. But he bumped up the average to 293, the OBP to 358, the slug to 533. He had a 154 OPS plus. For those that are not familiar with OPS plus, just know this. Any of the, the stats that you hear with a plus at the end, 100 is average. Okay, If you hear a 100, that's a league average player. So he was 54% above the league average when it comes to OPS plus. He, you have rocks on the corner corner of your infield and maybe we'll start right here as we're looking back at, at last season the offseason for the Cardinals was relatively quiet but Nolan Arenado was really the kickoff of this offseason because as many of you remember Nolan did have an opt-out in his contract now I never believed that he was going to exercise this opt-out but I also know that it was a pretty darn good year for free agents especially free agents in the infield 
as you look at a guy like Trey Turner, who's a little bit younger than Nolan Arenado, not by much, but Trey Turner signed an 11-year, $300 million deal. Xander Bogarts had an 11-year, $280 million deal. Dansby Swanson, seven years, $177 million. You had a lot of guys make some big-time money. Uh, Carlos Correa, he had three different deals done ultimately ended one with six years and 200 million nolan arenado could have made more money nolan arenado wanted to go out on the open market and really just force his value, he could have done so. For reference, Nolan currently is sitting at five years and $144 million left on his contract. I don't think that he's going to be crying poor. I don't think he's going to be waiting in the soup line. But uh, there is more money that is out there. And I think that the, that should tell you the direction that this organization is going in, or at least it tells me that Nolan Arenado believes in the Cardinals and he loves being here and, and talking to him throughout the last couple of years he does love it he loves playing here he loves the energy he loves the atmosphere but things change drastically in an offseason if Nolan Arenado is not there for the Cardinals thank goodness he decided uh, to not opt out of his contract and he will be uh, with the Cardinals uh, for the next handful of years so so good to have that they also brought back Adam Wainwright Waino had a really good year last year I mean Waino was rolling until the last seven outings of the season uh, as uh, you'll remember, and I'm sure that many of you saw uh, Adam explain what happened to him. He had a comebacker against the Braves that hit him in the leg. It kind of messed up his stride, and it took him a really long time to kind of figure out exactly what the problem was and then be able to fix it. Ultimately ended up being too late. It, it was disappointing on many fronts. Not that it ended up hurting the Cardinals in the postseason because Jose Quintana was really good. By the way, he goes on and signs with the Mets. Miles Michaelis was solid in his start as well and again that was it for the Cardinals it was just two games and they were done uh, but Adam Wainwright was like it felt like the shoe in that he would be starting game one or two for the Cardinals in the postseason the way that he had thrown the ball and with his pedigree throughout the years and uh, just wasn't able to do that the way that he was throwing but they bring back Wayno on a one-year 17.5 million dollar deal and really kind of important to bring back a guy that you know is going to be an innings eater this rotation has a couple of uh, question marks in it. Uh, question marks maybe isn't fair, but but injury concerns in it nonetheless. Steven Matz uh, didn't pitch a full season last year, had a couple of stints on, on the IL, and we got a chance to see him healthy back at the end of the year, but we saw him out of the bullpen. Uh, can't wait to see a full season of him. Uh, Jack Flaherty. Got to see him this year, promising. Boy, you talk about a, a key piece in what the Cardinals are doing. He is one of them for sure, and we're going to get a chance to see a full year of Jordan Montgomery. But bringing Adam back, it's just a guy that every fifth day, you don't have to worry about a pitch count. Throw that junk out the window. Adam Wainwright is going to give you every bit of what he's got, and they are not afraid to just let him uh, let him go out there and do his thing. But really, when you're talking about the offseason, it comes down to one piece, and really this is the significant piece outside the organization that the Cardinals were able to bring in and that is Wilson Contreras they filled the hole at the catcher position there's a lot of trade speculation at the position and by the way the asking price for all of these guys was quite high 
You had rumors around a couple of the catchers uh, in Toronto, Danny Jansen, Alejandro Kirk. There were plenty of rumors with the Cardinals and Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy ultimately ends up getting traded to the Atlanta Braves uh, in, in a big three-team deal that actually ended up bringing Wilson Contreras' brother to the Brewers, and he'll be a nice pickup for them. But the Cardinals got the best free agent catcher that is out there in the market. Now, uh, Cardinal fans, we talked about Yadier Molina. And you know how good he is. You know how good he is at calling a game and knowing his pitching staff and just ridiculous behind the plate. He's just so quiet and it appears to be so effortless. And he steals strikes and he's just he's been one of the best to do it over the years. Even though the last couple of years maybe didn't look like his prime. As we get older, things uh, things change a little bit. It still looked better than most of the league. What he was doing behind the plate. It's not going to look exactly like that with Wilson Contreras out there because it's not going to look like that with anybody other than Yadier Molina out there, and that's something to keep in mind. But the other thing to keep in mind when it comes to Wilson Contreras is you're bringing in a stick, man, a legitimate bat at that position. Last year in 113 games because he had the ankle injury. I believe it was the Field of Dreams game that he tweaked the ankle. Ended up missing some time, did Contreras. But still in 113 games, he hit 22 home runs. He hit 23 doubles. This guy has got power. Three-time All-Star. Cardinals bring him in on a five-year, $87.5 million deal. And I really enjoyed hearing from him at the press conference. And I can't wait to be around him here in the next couple of weeks in spring training and just kind of learn more about about him, kind of how he operates. But this guy is a leader. And it was funny at the press conference as he he talked about, look, I, I always want to be that guy, and I'm paraphrasing, that the other team doesn't want to play against, that the other team just doesn't like. And, and Ollie Marmel, the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, he chirped in. He's like, I, I can attest to that. You hated playing against you. And those are the kind of guys that you want to bring in. The guys that you just couldn't stand playing against, you want them to be a part of your team. So that is a big change. It's going to be a big change for this pitching staff that has been so used to uh, – uh, Yadier Molina over the years. It's going to be a big change for the fan base. Uh, but I think that you got a very good leader and an impact bat. And by the way, when, when you talk about impact bats, you just talk about this lineup and maybe a little bit later, or maybe next podcast, we're going to get into the potential of this lineup. There are outsiders that feel pretty strongly about what the Cardinals are doing here. The uh, ESPN had a little uh, write-up and it was best lineups right best lineups in baseball number one they ended up going to the San Diego Padres they are loaded for bear I mean that you end up bringing in Bogarts they get Tatis back you already have Machado you got Cronenworth I mean they have got some dudes number one uh, I don't think that there should be too many people uh, balking at that but number two they had the St. Louis Cardinals in their lineup. And when you watch the team day in and day out, I realize that a lot of us, you have question marks about different players that are out there. But you think of a nucleus of a lineup when you have the MVP in Goldie, and that wasn't like a one-off crazy year. The guy has been that type of player. And honestly, in my opinion, one of the most, if the, not the most, underrated player in the game of baseball when he was with Arizona. The Diamondbacks just aren't a huge draw. They, they weren't a great team while he was there. And I think that he kind of went, uh, went unnoticed. And, and baseball fans, you knew who he was, but the mainstream probably didn't. Now you know he wins an MVP. But you got the MVP. You got Nolan Arenado, who is absolutely going to be in the MVP race yet again. He finished third again last year. Uh, you got those two pieces. Then you add Contreras. 
And then you add upside. You know, you add the upside of Tyler O'Neill, and again, linchpin, right? You're talking about things that put you over the top for next year. Tyler O'Neill is one of those pieces that could potentially put you over the top. It was a maddening year for Tyler O'Neill. He battled injuries. I think he battled himself. Honestly, for O'Neill, I think a lot of things got derailed for him early, not just health-wise, but through the arbitration process and with the lockout last year, which, by the way, I think that a lot of us forget that there was a lockout, which is a good thing. There was a lot of baseball that got crammed in in a short period of time. Uh, but the arbitration process went through the season, kind of battling over money, all all that BS that you have to deal with, but it's, it's part of the business. I think that Tyler O'Neill is more like the player that we saw in 2021 than the one we saw in 2022. But it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what he does. I look at an entire outfield that has question marks. Lars Newbar last year in the second half, he was an on-base machine. I mean, this is a guy that has a, a level swing. He drives the ball. He hits it hard. He plays a plus outfield and it got on base at a crazy high clip. I think there was a time in the second half where it was like him and Juan Soto. You're looking at the on-base percentage, uh, and those are the two guys that were getting it done. You've got Dylan Carlson, who from the right side swinging it well. From the left side, he had his issues last year, and that's one of the things that you hope. You hope that he's healthy. I know he dealt with some wrist issues throughout the season last year, battled through it. Uh, I do believe that that affected his swing from the left side, but the swing looks different from that side. The swing is a bit longer. It's more compact. It's quicker to the ball from the right side. So there are some adjustments to be made there with Dylan Carlson, but I don't think that you have to squint to see how good this lineup could potentially be if some of these pieces end up falling into place. Then you add the addition of potentially a young phenom in Jordan Walker. This spring, guys, is going to be a lot of fun, and that's why it's, it's fun to do this podcast. I'll be doing a lot of them from down in Florida. I believe I'll be doing about 10 10 games on TV in spring training. So I'm going to get a chance to see these guys and see close up some of the prospects and some of the uh, uh, guys to keep an eye on. And maybe it's not always Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn and Tink Hans. I think that those are names by now that you probably know about. Gordon Graceffo, but we'll dig deeper, man. We're going to find some different players out there uh, that really can impact this organization because I realize that the organization in the last couple of years has not developed that superstar, and I think everybody's waiting for that, and maybe that's why a lot of people are, are not really fully jumping on the, oh, this Jordan Walker is going to be great. You said that about whoever. It's Gorman or it's Rasmus or whoever, right? Who Pick your guy that uh, you believe the media overhyped, uh, but the Cardinals have done a fantastic job of developing big league players like there's always a guy that comes up and uh, Lars Newtbar is a great example Brendan Donovan is another great example of a guy that came in he played six different positions at the big league level congrats to Donnie by the way on winning a, a gold glove the first ever utility player gold glove award uh, goes to Brendan Donovan in the National League and, and well deserved and that'll be a storyline in spring too is where is he going to be playing is he your everyday second baseman if he is, what does that mean for Nolan Gorman? You may have, and I, I get this a lot on the radio, people believing that they know exactly what uh, Nolan Gorman is already. Say he strikes out too much. He's never going to be able to change. I would just, uh, I would say he's 22 years old. Let's give him a little bit. Let's give him a little time to figure it out because you don't have in the organization left-handed pop like Nolan Gorman can give you. So I would uh, be patient with that one. But this is going to be a fun spring training. It's got a chance to be a very dangerous lineup. Uh, the pitching staff is, uh, they got plenty of arms. 
plenty of arms that are out there. They don't necessarily have that one overarching ace. But again, you won 93 games last year, and maybe if it looks like that ace is the piece that is missing, maybe that's something that ends up being found at the trade deadline. Uh, we, we will soon see when it comes to the Cardinals. The fingers crossed is everybody stays healthy. It never happens. There's always something that ends up popping up in spring training. The Cardinals have plenty of depth outside of their starting five of Michaelis, Wayno, Monty, uh, Mats. It's, it's, it's going to be uh, a really solid group, and certainly Jack Flaherty is in that mix as well, who is the linchpin. If you're looking for a guy that ends up with plus-plus stuff and could be the ace of the staff, it might end up being Jack Flaherty. Again, you might already say, I know what he is. He's always hurt. I The, the amount of people that have texted into the radio show, and we do that on 101 ESPN, and said, trade him, release him. Why would you do that? Like, like, what sense does that make at all? Now, he is a free agent after the year. There might come a time this year where it's like, okay, well, maybe trading Jack and getting value for him makes sense. I don't see the Cardinals being in a position like that. Uh, I believe that they will win this division. I don't think that there's going to be anybody that pushes them incredibly hard. The Brewers will still be there. They've had some changes, but they'll be in the mix. Certainly their pitching will keep them there. Uh, and the Cubs did uh, make some some very good pickups, but not good enough to push the Cardinals for the division. But Jack Flaherty, let's find out what he's got. Like, this is a huge year for Jack, health-wise, contract-wise, life-wise. I can't wait to see what Jack Flaherty has in store. So, so many different storylines that are happening around spring training, so many different things that we're going to get into. Uh, one thing I did want to hit on, because we talked about changes. We got into some of the player changes. And the Cardinals brought in some other guys, by the way. I'm not going to spend a ton, a ton of time right here talking about Guillermo Zuniga. They brought him in. Wilking Rodriguez, both right-handed pitchers. Wilking, they got in the Rule 5 draft. Uh, they, they, they've brought in some guys. We'll see what ends up happening in the bullpen. I think the bullpen, actually, for the Cardinals is going to be very competitive and has a chance to be a very solid spot. But I did want to get into some of the changes that they had on the staff because uh, in any other ind industry, if you have turnover like the Cardinals had this year on Ollie Marmol's staff, my head would be turning. I, I say, what is happening over there when you lose your bench coach, you lose your pitching coach, you lose your hitting coach, and you let go your bullpen coach? You'd have to think that there are some issues. So as you know, bench coach from a year ago, Skip Schumacher, he moves on to manage the Marlins. I am so happy for Skip. Skip, one of my favorite uh, teammates, one of my best friends. I, I love the dude, and I'm so happy for him with that opportunity. Anybody that gets an opportunity to manage a big league team, guess what? They're going to go ahead and take that. They're going to run with that opportunity. Mike Maddox, the pitching coach, he said he, he wanted a little change of pace in life, wanted to slow things down a little bit. And then a couple of days later, he's the pitching coach of the Rangers. Now, I, I do think that begs questions like, well, does he want to slow down or did he just want to get out of the Cardinals? i got to remember uh, that the ballpark in Arlington – it's uh, less than 30 minutes away from Mike Maddox's house, right? So he's able to, to still retain the same job, but he is home, you know, and I think that makes a big difference for him. Jeff Albert, he, uh, he resigned from his position. The, the Cardinals were going to offer him a contract again. He stepped away, uh, and uh, look, it's your fault. Uh, apparently he, he cited uh, some of the backlash uh, was getting to him a little bit. It's a tough job. Being a big league hitting coach is a tough job. He took a job uh, as a uh, hitting coach in the uh, Mets organization. 
And uh, as I mentioned, Brian Eversgird is out as well. Uh, I, I did want to hit on this. Because, and by the way, just coming in really quick, your bench coach is, is going to be Joe McEwing. It was Matt Holiday for a hot minute, but Matt uh, Matt had a, a little bit of a change of heart. I, I, and I talked to Matt before he uh, he went out and made this decision, or at least made this decision public. And uh, he just wanted to be with his family. He he took it. He took the job because he believed it was a great opportunity, and he really does want to give back to this game. But as the, we got closer and closer to spring training, he kept thinking about all of the things that he was going to miss with his family. As you know, his oldest son, Jackson, was drafted first overall by the Orioles. Uh, he's got a son, Ethan, who is a junior. He's got two younger kids as well. Like He's got a lot going on uh, in his life and just wasn't ready for the next step. So Joe McEwing, fortunately for the Cardinals, was available. This guy that spent the last 11 years, I believe it is, in the White Sox organization. He's managed in the minor leagues before. And quite frankly, I think he's a better fit for the bench coach job just due to the fact that he has managed and he has coached at the big league level. I think he'll be a, a good uh, ear or right hand for Ollie Marmel. Turner Ward is uh, the the hitting coach now. He got elevated from assistant. Brandon Allen makes uh, the move up from the minor leagues as uh, assistant hitting coach. Dusty Blake will be the new pitching coach for the Cardinals. He gets elevated into a higher role as the pitching coach. His strategy is great. He gets in the mindset of the Cardinals and really does have an advanced look while still focusing on some of the old school stuff that really does uh, make sense and is important. If you're not blending the both worlds, the analytic world and the actual old school baseball world, in my opinion, you're doing it wrong. And uh, I think that Dusty Blake will be a, a good addition uh, in that uh, in that front. But the thing is, the, the narrative is, hey, it must be a toxic culture. It must be bad. I, I got to tell you, and this isn't just because, like, I'm friends with a lot of these guys. It's because it's the truth. This coaching staff, like, it was as tight-knit of a group as I've seen. Ollie is a great leader. He's a great communicator, and his staff loves him. So the turnover is uh, its interesting nonetheless. I mean, th- there are a lot of different pieces. It's going to be different for Ollie, just second-year manager at the big league level, uh, to, to you know, he's, he's still got Stubby Clapp and Pop Warner and Willie McGee to rely on, but his pitching coach uh, is going to be different. Turner Ward, as uh, mentioned, he's elevated to the, the hitting coach. He'll still be there for him. But there are a lot of different voices that are going to be there. But I'm telling you, the environment around this club and the energy around the team and energy around the staff has been second to none. I mean, it really is a good environment, but I do understand the questions that are asked when you see that sort of turnover. So we're going to see. We're going to see how this staff gets together. We're going to find out exactly what it looks like when this uh, team takes the field. Going to be a lot of opportunity in spring, too, with a lot of guys in the World Baseball Classic. Maybe we'll get into that in our next podcast, talking about the opportunities for some of the young guys that are out there. Again, appreciate you tuning in to the Redbird Report. I promise you we're going to be here for you this year when stuff is breaking, when there's news, and I'm going to figure out a way to get you involved as well. I'd love to take listeners' questions. got to be totally honest with you. I am new to this podcast game. I'll figure out ways to get audio in here and music and all kinds of great stuff. I promise. I'm going to get better and better at this as we go, but the content's going to matter the most. We're going to talk Cardinal baseball. We're going to be here at least a couple of times a week. I'm Brad Thompson. This is the Redbird Report. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Redbird Report podcast on 101 ESPN.